This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thanks for joining me today. While you're here, please make sure to like and subscribe. If you're listening to this on podcast, I highly recommend watching this actually in a video as there are so many graphics that we are going to go through. But while you're on the podcast, please make sure to leave a review as this allows my content to get in front of more people. And thank you for that. My name is Judy Cho and I'm board certified in holistic nutrition. I focus on root cause healing and oftentimes that starts with the carnivore cures meat only elimination diet. Okay, so today this is a solo episode. I really just wanted to get into the conversation that I've started about one year ago. I brought up the concerns about eating too much liver and I got some pushback and I knew that that would happen, but I guess I didn't expect it to the amount that I did. And it made me just kind of crawl into my turtle shell and not share as openly and bluntly as I knew of the information. And so I decided to just share some blog posts and go about it in a way that's more evidence-based. But I think we like stories. And I think as humans, we like to hear N equals ones and stories of how people heal and how people get worse and how that can be a warning that we should heed. And I totally get that. So I think after a year, I am A little bit more brave. So I will wear my big girl pants and I will share today what I've known for a while, but I know will help so many people to really get to healing on a carnivore meat only diet. For the record, I just want to make sure that this is not about bashing anyone. I have full respect for Dr. Paul Saladino as well as Dr. Sean Baker. I think that everyone is truly in this space to want to help. And I think that we just come to different conclusions. And I think that's fair. I think. Science is all about sharing and finding your experiences and then sharing that so that people can heal from all of it. I am just sharing what I've seen with my clients through my research. And then the goal is really so that if things aren't working for you, that you can heal. If you consume liver occasionally and you feel okay, maybe this is not really going to apply to you. But for some people, this does. And this is the only reason I'm sharing. Okay, so let's get right into it. 
Okay, so this graphic is the series of carnivore cure graphics that talks about nutrient density. All of this information is from the USDA. It's the gold standard in terms of what is considered nutrient density and what is considered correct. So this is the nutrients of a ribeye. You can see vitamin A right here. There's very little in three and a half ounces. There's 0.2. If you look at vitamin D, E, and K right here, um, they're also relatively low. So that's just one thing I want you guys to take a note of. And then also copper, um, it's pretty low. Uh, at three and a half ounces, there's about 16%, which actually isn't too bad. But if you notice, copper and zinc are somewhat balanced. I guess zinc is a little bit higher on the ribeye, but that's at 71% for zinc. Then you can see differences. So this is again for three and a half ounces. So this one is vitamin A is at 552%. You can see that then the other fat soluble vitamins, vitamin D is only at 1.2%. Vitamin E is at 2.7% of your daily value. And then vitamin K is at 2.6%. So if you can already take a look at this, the vitamin A content versus the vitamin D, E, and K, there's a big difference. And so then if you look at copper, the copper amount for just three and a half ounces is basically 1100% of your daily value. So even if you had half an ounce of liver every day, you would still be at about 150% of your daily value. The thing is that copper balances zinc. And if you look at zinc, the amount is very low. It's at 36%. So these are just a few other things. And then chromium, if you look at three and a half ounces, it's above the daily value as well at 129%. And then if you look at vitamin B12, three and a half ounces is at 2,471%. One other thing is that B1, a thiamine is low in liver. Three and a half ounces is at 16.7%. And then if we go back to ribeye, the thiamine's at 6.8% of your daily value for three and a half ounces. So what I started noticing is as I worked with my clients, I noticed that some people were taking the hair mineral test. They weren't feeling that well. And I noticed uh, a consistency. I started seeing that copper was really high chromium was also high. And if you just remember from what I showed you in the liver, well, copper is also extremely high. Um, zinc is not as high. And then chromium is sort of high. So a lot of times I'll see that the copper is through the roof. It's past this bar right here. And the chromium is a little bit lower, but it's still out of range. And so this was the first indicator that something was off in the meat only diet. And I've done hundreds of these types of hair mineral tests, and you start to see a consistent pattern. That's when I started doing some of the research. And then I came across a blog post that had information about what Paul Saladino or Dr. Paul Saladino ate in a day versus what Dr. Sean Baker ate in a day. And then it, a lot of it started making sense. And at that time, I also had seen a lot of the research from Grant Jenner as well as Dr. Garrett Smith. There's upper limits that the government has placed on certain vitamins and minerals. For example, you see here, there's no vitamin B12. So vitamin B12, maybe there's no danger in an upper limit. I still think there might be some, I think vitamin B6 and vitamin B12 are water soluble vitamins that are still able to be stored in your system. But if you notice vitamin A is here and there's ranges for infants, for children, for teens and adults. And so if you understand this, um, it will make sense just all you have to know from this is that there is a cap that the government recommends in terms of vitamin A, that if you kind of go over that over time, that there is a risk of adverse health effects. And so when I looked at this and then understood how much liver has vitamin A, I started seeing certain trends. 
When I started doing the research on vitamin A, I noticed that the recommended dietary allowance for children of one to three was 300 micrograms. Well, the tolerable upper limit for preformed animal-based vitamin A was 600 micrograms. So based on that information for 300 micrograms is good for a one to three-year-old, but anything above 600 is considered risk of excess that you can have adverse health effects. And there's a lot of studies, even on humans that eat just liver, not polar liver that are not supplementing, but just are consuming liver. And there's all the studies are linked in this vitamin A post that I did, as well as with Dr. Garrett Smith. Um, I credit him for a lot of the research for that. But if you see down here, one ounce of beef liver has 1419 (laughs) micrograms of liver. Meaning that for one ounce of liver for children or kids under one and three years old, they're above the tolerable upper limit by 237%. So every time you're feeding your baby, and this is the main reason I brought this up, is that you're feeding them in excess that can risk harm in their liver. And then the other thing is that when I was looking into this, your liver isn't fully developed until the age of three. So not only are you putting strain on the liver, a child's liver, you're also, that's not fully developed. You're also giving them stress to store this extra vitamin A. And then it gets worse for cod liver oil. So this is why I'm not a fan of cod liver oil. The amount is 4,051 micrograms for every one tablespoon, which is 675% above the tolerable upper limit. And then if you compare this to ghee, one tablespoon is only 20% of of the tolerable upper intake, meaning that it's safe to consume, including butter. Now, I know that when I shared the vitamin A content that there were some advocates that said it's only about polar bear liver. It's just not true. If you look at all the information, there are studies that show the half-life of vitamin A is about 12 days. Another source says 200 to 300 days. So if your liver is not in the best health, how do we know that all of this storage that when we used to eat cereal and dairy and cheese and carrots and all the beta carotene foods and the breads. And then if we also use Accutane or retinol products, and then also these cod liver oil, liver, chicken liver, and even again, eggs and butter still have vitamin A. How do we know that it's not causing us toxicity? And again, if your liver is not in the best health, it's not an ideal situation. So when people say that it's just polar bear liver, it's just not true. I do research on the polar bear liver on this blog post just for the sake of time. I'm not going to go through that, but you can read about all of that information as well. This is kind of the crux of it all, just to give you the N equals one. So Dr. Paul Saladino was interviewed by Optimizing Nutrition. I think it's run by a gentleman named Marty Kendall. The information is so wonderful. They are really great at breaking down nutrient profiles. I think it's really good. The part where I don't necessarily agree with Marty Kendall is the analysis of the data. And I'll talk through that in a second. But at this time, when Dr. Saladino was eating this way, advocate of meat only carnivore, he was eating five ounces of liver which again, remember that the amount I showed you on that one liver graphic was based on three and a half ounces. So he's already eating over that amount. And then on top of that, he's eating kidney, which has um, additional copper and vitamin A as well. But then he was eating 14 ounces of beef, six to eight egg yolks, which again, egg yolks has vitamin A. You can find all this information at this source. I will put that all in the show notes as well. And then he was eating 200 grams of suet. And that was his daily meal. So this is 
the analysis from chronometer that was um, it's posted on that optimizing nutrition website. So if you look at this graphic, this is Dr. Paul Saladino's what he eats in a day. And if you look, the B12 is extremely high. Now I know there's no upper limit for vitamin B12, but if you look, it's at 5,000%. I don't know if that's necessarily ideal. And again, B12 can be stored in the body. But if you look here, the vitamin A is at 1,564%. So the question becomes, was he taxing his liver? And then in addition, I know there was so many people that said, well, vitamin A, D, E, and K balance one another. But if you look, he was not meeting the daily value of vitamin D, E, and K. And so it begs the question of were his fat soluble vitamins balanced and was he getting excess vitamin A? Then we move on to copper and there are conversations where excess copper is not dangerous. I have seen copper toxicity in a lot of the hair minerals. Some people use IUDs for birth control. That's made of copper. There are copper pipes. So all of this in excess is not ideal, but again, this copper is at 2000%. One thing that I wanted to show you is personally, what I think is a flaw in the chronometer app is that, um, as we were working on our database, I noticed this, but they decide that certain markers turn red and then some don't. So vitamin B12, I thought, okay, it makes sense. It's not turning red because there's no upper limit. Vitamin A has an upper limit yet. It's still stayed green. We tested this and try to get it to 10,000% on chronometer and it stays green. I don't think that's ideal, but for some reason, other markers like B3 at 369, they mark it um, in excess. They also mark copper and calcium when the percentages are much lower in terms of daily value. So it's just something to note. If you are using chronometer and just going by the colors, I would be a little bit more hesitant about it because it's not fully accurate based on the tolerable upper limits. So this is Dr. Sean Baker's uh, nutrient profile. But one thing I just want you to note is yes, his fat soluble vitamins are low. That is a true statement. But if you look right here, vitamin A, D, E, and K are so balanced. And so the question becomes, and also the copper is not really out of balance. So it's at 119. Yes, his zinc is much higher, but I think the balance of zinc, which allows you to have more stomach acid um, may just be important. And look, because he's only eating beef, like I would suggest Dr. Baker consume a little bit more vitamin B1. I think this was him eating about three pounds of meat um, and mostly beef. And so that's why his B1 or thiamine's at 65%. So the nutrient optimizer website gave him a 74% and they actually gave the rating of 86% to Dr. Paul Saladino. So I think in the blog post, they argue that Dr. Paul's nutrient profile is much more balanced because um, he eats liver and such. But I think where they missed the mark, in my opinion, is that the fat soluble vitamins are very unbalanced. If you see again, right here, vitamin K one's at 19%. Vitamin D is only at 41. Vitamin E is at 53. And then if you go down here all the way, vitamin A is down here and there's not even a number because it's surpassed the um, excess and then copper is at 786%. And then B12 again is out of range. And so was doc for Dr. Baker. While both of these showed that Dr. Paul Saladino probably had the better nutrient profile in this diet, he was eating zero PUFAs or polyunsaturated fatty acids from chicken and pork and his nutrient um, optimizer score looked better. I think the nuance is that he had way too much vitamin A, way too much copper, and just wasn't getting enough of the minerals to balance it out. 
Whereas Dr. Sean Baker, it's a little bit more balanced. Dr. Paul Saladino's potassium is at 39%, whereas Dr. Sean Baker's is at 89. Some things to consider. And I didn't want to do this comparison again, because I think it's a little tacky, to be honest, but I think these N equals ones are so important at this point. And I know that this will just help people. This was my take on it before sharing all of this information. This is my way of sharing with the community. I think we should probably eat a little bit more than beef and liver. And I share a lot about the excess and deficiencies. I will link to the blog post that I talk about all of these details. Essentially, if you eat an array of nutrients and you really don't even need to eat every single one of these every single day, but if you get a little bit of everything, you will probably be way better balanced than us thinking that liver and just beef is the superfoods because there are deficiencies. And then there's also excesses that we don't consider like the B12 copper and vitamin A. I just wanted to point out here really quick that vitamin B1, if you notice in three and a half ounces of pork comes out to 33%. So if you eat just like eight ounces, you meet your B1. And if you notice, there's like very little vitamin A, and then there is still vitamin D, E, and I don't think this one has vitamin K, but there's still a better balance. And then even with zinc and copper, better balanced. Yes, they're low, but they're better balanced. This is salmon. Salmon, if you look at vitamin B1, again, a much higher amount than uh, beef in general. The vitamin A, yes, there's an amount, but it's still not as high as liver. And then the copper and zinc are a little bit better balanced. If you do need copper, salmon can be an option for you. Um, as much as we are scared to not eat chicken because of PUFAs, there is no nutrient that is missing in chicken wings. So you can take a look at this. Again, a lot of this nutrients are much better balanced. Vitamin A is low, but with vitamin D, E, and K, it's pretty good. And actually vitamin K is pretty high with chicken wings. And then if you look at the copper and zinc, zinc is pretty well balanced with copper. In oysters, um, if you need copper, this is probably the best way to get it. It's 175% for three and a half ounces. And look how well it is balanced with zinc. It, zinc, it's at 151%. So that is almost a one-to-one -one relationship. I think we also think about potassium being mostly from bananas, but this is just a comparison. Three and a half ounces of bacon will give you 12% of your daily value versus one banana gives you only 9% of your daily value. And then magnesium, oftentimes almonds, yes, they are technically higher than salmon, but they're also, they also come with a load of anti-nutrients. Additionally, you would have to eat about 105 almonds to get the 64 to 86% of your daily value. Three and a half ounces of salmon will give you about 25 to 30% of your daily value. Most of us eat about six to eight to 16 ounces in a meal. And that would cover pretty much your daily value of magnesium. I'm a big fan of magnesium topical sprays. So it's up to you if you want to just use food. I really just wanted to share this video because well, one, it's been requested, but other than that, it's, I know I've shared bits and bits of information over the year, but I think this is just a really comprehensive way to explain why I don't recommend just beef only long-term. If you're healing, totally different story, heal with whatever meat that you can tolerate. But over time, if you want to make carnivore meat only sustainable or a meat-based diet, you may want to play around with certain nutrients, certain foods, and you don't want to eat too much liver from all the research I've done, especially if you're coming to this way of eating with 
liver imbalances, higher ALT, ASD, fatty liver, cholestasis, and all of these other things, you probably don't want to be eating too much liver. It can be a detriment. And as much as there are nutrients in liver, there's also excess too. And there's also nutrients that are missing in liver. Um, just look at my blog post, look at the graphics. And so I hope that this information helps you to understand how you should ideally eat. There's no one way for everybody. You're just going to have to figure out what works for you. There are benefits in eating salmon and omega threes. There is benefits in eating pork with the thiamine. There are benefits of eating uh, shellfish and salmon because of their copper and zinc balances. These are things that are really important if we're going to focus on just meat only. Obviously, listen to your body. And clearly for Dr. Paul Saladino, beef and liver did not work long term. I know he suspected it was thyroid health and it was maybe mineral imbalances. I'm sure he was low in potassium. We saw that. But what if he just switched to higher fat, stopped some of the liver and ate a rainbow of meats? I don't know if carbs were the answer, and especially because T4 is converted to T3 in the liver. Well, if he was copper toxic and also vitamin A toxic, which was all inundating the liver, maybe that was part of the issue with his thyroid getting imbalanced. It's just some things to think about. Um, I know there's also carnivore Aurelius that had a similar way of eating and that has similar conclusions. I think Frank Tofano is another person. We have to think about the way that they were eating and was it consistent with the way people ate long ago? When we eat a like 900 pound animal with that much muscle meat, there's only about 15 to 20 pounds of liver. That doesn't even come out to one ounce of liver a day. So we have to think, is it good to be eating these superfoods all the time? Maybe it's actually doing more harm than good. It is true that we can have excess and excess can cause harm. And I just want to put out there that it may just make sense to eat a variety of meats rather than just picking out superfoods that have high nutrient density, but that can be in excess that can be actually harmful to our bodies, especially bodies that are trying to heal. I hope that this just gives you a summation of all of my information about liver, vitamin A, excess nutrition, undernutrition, variety in meats, and why this is so important on a meat-only or meat-based carnivore diet. I hope that this conversation, again, provides other lovers to get you to root cause healing, and that can provide you optimal health. Make sure to eat a lot of meat and a variety. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you guys later. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and The Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. 
we will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.